everybody how you doing good what a what a sweet time of worship today we've had it's just been God is God is setting something up here I just want to warn you it will probably get a little heavy here in a minute so don't don't freak out on that it'll be good God's good what he's doing and man we had just I want to tell you we had just an incredible prayer gathering here our new year's prayer gathering on, on Thursday night if you weren't here you missed it you missed it so next time Next time, come to prayer. Uh, not in a guilt way, not any of that, but there's some moments and special moments. You know how there's moments you're like, you can't really explain it. Uh, it was one of those moments. Uh, you, and that happens in groups. As Jake mentioned, you can get involved that way, and there's just some holy moments or huddles we're gathering together, and, and I hope you can continue. And this, that's what today can be. That's the opportunity we have. You know, and we're doing this series about chosen life, and it fits really well with where we're going to be going today. In fact, Today is, is the um, Right for Life Sunday, as we honor life, as we look to life, especially the, the unborn life that we care about so much. And so I'm so glad as a church, we partner with a wonderful local ministry called Whatcom County Pregnancy Clinic for those ex- unexpected moms to be able to have that choice to choose life and some great programs that they offer, a part of it not only before, but also as those are dealing with after. And I want to invite Jill Wingfield to come up. And Jill has just been a wonderful addition to our church family here in the last year or so. And if you don't know Jill, Jill was the artist back in the fall with the Genesis uh, series we did, and we displayed your art here. We, we took your tools and everything. I don't know what you used during that time when we did that <laughs> series. I think you had backup. But uh, yeah. more than an artist, you, you, you paint with passion, but you also care for people as well. And, and can you tell us just your, just share a little bit, like what, what you got involved with the Whatcom County Pregnancy Clinic and just what's on your heart, what, what motivate you, what you're doing and getting involved? Um, I'm involved with that clinic uh, in that I know I've, I've been there. I've been the person who needed to go to a clinic for help. Um, a person can believe that they're all alone in any kind of a dire or surprise situation. Yeah. And it's just not, 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 not true. So I want to let people know that they're, um, I'm specifically going to be involved with a, um, a group called Arms of Love. This is what my little paper looks like. So, uh, just so I don't forget to tell you, after after church, I'll be back at that little black table. Um, you can have one of these if you are a lady or you know a lady who could benefit from the Arms of Love group. And it is a oh boy. Well, you can tell your story there. I would say it's a Bible study, but that's sort of a broad term. We'll be looking, of course, at, at Bible verses. Um, 
we'll be hearing other ladies' stories of abortion and how they were healed from all of the aftermath things that happen. And to go to this group, you don't have to be a certain age or religion or anything like that. You don't have to know anything. You can think you know everything. Um, you'd be surprised at the people who are in need of this type of counseling. I've known um, pastors, wives, I've known deacons, Sunday school teachers, yep. artists, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, all kinds of people that you just, it's just like any other type of situation where you think, oh no, that can't be true about that person. Yep. So, um, and I want to, I want to read a verse that's really important to me and listen carefully and see if you can catch on to what God wants to give you today, no matter what your situation is. If it has to do with abortion or if it's some other type of struggle, God has something for you today. Just, just give you one guess. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trouble so that we may be able to comfort those experiencing any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So that's 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. So that's a good reason um, to pass on, obviously, comfort that God has given you, whatever your situation has been. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, our struggles and our pain and everything, saying, God, how do I redeem it? How do I use it? How do I help others? And that's your heart. That's your desire is to be able to do that. And then inviting anyone here, uh, you know, ladies that want to participate in the study, and then also to help even help mentor and help. There, there's opportunities at the Whatcom Pregnancy Clinic as well to, yeah. to do that. This program specifically or anything that's involved with Whatcom Pregnancy, to, to check with check with Jill today. She can get you connected and the opportunity for that. Just, just to have a conversation in the back or you know someone. We were talking about this. Maybe someone this happened to them 25 years ago. There's still pain that's there, obviously. There's still some things are working through that or it happened last year too, maybe to a younger gal that, that that did this and so there is it's it's getting past the shame getting past the hurt and finding wholeness and healing and that's what this program is about and and anything else you want to share with that well that's about choosing life um yep. this used to be well let's just say it's probably if a person has abortion in their past it's it's this is a bummer of a day you know because you just go around thinking oh my gosh i didn't choose life not too late to choose life for yourself Yep. or for it's other good. people that you know. Yep. It just isn't too late. There yep. will be joy. That's it. Yeah. Let's believe in that. Great. Thank you, Jill, okay. so much. That's great. Appreciate it. So talk with her afterwards. Please connect with her. Do that. I wanted to read a scripture since it's a Right for Life Sunday just to remind us that, and this, I'm so glad this is that my mom chose me, but also God chose me too. Look, look at this. Look at this. For... For you, God, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You are, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's our life. God chose life, or this chosen life. And when we're doing this series, we're talking about chosen life, but as we're chosen, guess what? We choose to be chosen. 
We choose to be saying, God, I'm chosen by you, but I choose. Jesus says, I didn't, you didn't choose me, I chose you, but we choose Jesus. We choose life. We get to do that. Last week, we, we talked on how we choose friendships and, and, and that there's an intentionality in the relationship we, we have. But with those friendships and with those relationships we have, come some challenges, right? Have you had a, ch- anybody had a challenge this week in a relationship? Raise your hand, come on, some of you, look at that around the room, like you, you like, and, and, and it could have been the person next to you, no one's pointing or anything like that. Uh, my wife could point, she's downstairs working with kids right now, but she goes, yeah, right here, that guy. We, we, we have that, but, and, and all that it's saying is, is that there's, there's challenges and there's some deep hurt that's happened at times in our life in the relationships that we have. And so today, we're going to go there. We're, we're, we're going to go a little bit deeper in our choices that we make, that we're saying life's not about chance, it's about, it's about choice. And the, and the choice that we're going to talk about here today is, is choosing forgiveness. Choosing forgiveness. It's a tough topic. It's the hard, if there's anything hard to do in the world in our lives, it's that, isn't it? And I want to give you a kind of a picture as we dive into this, and it's a pretty heavy topic to talk about and to even process for us. But I want to give you uh, just a, a little bit of a picture of maybe where we could go with this of, of, of some thoughts. And it, it's, I want to start with, eh, you know, gosh, I mean, probably when our kids are little, we, when we moved, we moved to Bellingham, and I was a youth pastor, and we didn't have a whole lot of money. And we bought this house, and it was, it was a fixer-upper, um, as, as you call those. And it had some funky wiring. It, 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 you know, when, when my wife would turn on the hairdryer in the bathroom, the, the back part of the house, which was a converted, it was a garage and converted in a family room, the power would go out. And, and, you know, and so it's like, oh, the power's out. And then we just, it kept on happening, and we are just trying to figure out what was going on. And come to find out, there was what is called a GFI, and you have them if you have them in your house, or you should probably at places. They're ground fault interrupters. And so they're usually in moist and damp places or wherever there's water to, to shut off the power in case any water, because I guess water and electricity don't go together too well. Uh, it's really to help you pr- prevent electrocution. Like they're there to protect you, but when it happens, when there's something takes place, it, it shuts off, and, th- and that's really what was going on. And so this funky electrical, the way it was working, I mean, it just, it needed some work. There were some problems with it. But what we found was it was that one little button to push. Let me ask you this question this morning. Do you ever feel off? Do you ever feel like you're just having an off day? Or, you know, it's like you do going into a room and like everything's dark and, and you know, nothing's working. And, and you know, you, you, you're, you're messing with the cable box because the TV doesn't work and it's not even turning on. And then maybe the lights are out and the light bulbs and you're, you're doing all these, you're, you're moving around in your life. You're trying to figure out why am I off? Why is this not, why is things not working? What's going on? Well, there's an electrical circuit interruption, interrupter that happened. There's, a, there's, some, there's ground fault somewhere that's caused this well, in our lives. I mean, we can go in new environments, and we can go in new opportunities and relationships, and it just seems like there's still a disconnection. And you'll find the disconnection sometimes in, in your marriage. 
You'll find it with your, your children in your parenting. You'll find it with your siblings or your friends or even your coworkers. And you're just, you're trying to, you're flipping switches and you're just, nothing seems to be working. Nothing seems to happen. And so what happens is we start blaming it in the times in our life. What happens is we, with nothing working, we start complaining about it, don't we? And we look to it, you know, ah, it's my, 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 my spouse is on me all the time. My problems with my kids. I got this overbearing boss. And there's all, we look at the current happenings in our life. And, and we're really needing to go back and trace to a, a, deeper, a deeper source. Somehow there's a spiritual, emotional circuit breaker that has been tripped. And it's, it's labeled, specifically, it's labeled, well, unforgiveness. It could go back yesterday or 10 years or our childhood, but we seem to be tripping up of what was been tripped maybe, maybe a while ago. And so we go back and we, we, we find that it's so much is, issues in our life that we can, we can find ourselves even, you know, the big T trauma and the little T trauma that we go through, that the, the ground fault interrupter is flipped and we go in shutdown mode. You ever had a, a device that says it's in safe mode? You ever left your phone out on the, in the sunshine and the heat and it's, you can't use it because it's too hot, it needs to cool down. And we find in that, that we, we go in protective mode and, the, and that's natural to do that. But when we can't protect ourselves, we can't turtle ourselves any longer, what ends up happening is we, we, we get pushed to shove and pretty soon we lash out and sparks begin to fly. And, 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 and people began to look at us and going, man, what is his problem? Man, I don't know what's going on. Just anything I say just sets her off. Have you found yourself getting easily offended at times? Like, why am I the way I am? Is it possible there's something below the surface? Is, is, there, is there something maybe a little bit deeper in the circuit panel of your soul? And, and so in our attempts to make connection, we find that it's still not working. There's something not quite right. Well, what do we do? Well, we go to the source. We know that's God. God gets to the heart of the manner. So, manner. so here's the truth of, for our chosen life today is this. Forgiveness is the circuit in which the grace of God flows. Think of the grace of God flowing in your life. And when when something happens and our reaction to it, there's a cutoff. There's a shutoff switch that takes place. Why do we experience that in our lives? The circuit panel of our own soul and there's this interruption. Well, to help us in a sense of what the reset button could be is a great picture of what forgiveness is all about. And it's in Romans chapter 12. And the idea of this is if we choose forgiveness, there's, a, there's an empowerment that really truly can take place. That we're not a victim of the circumstances. We don't have to live life by chance. There's actually intentional decisions that we can make when it comes to this. And the Hebrews gives us this empowerment. Chapter 12, verse 15, it says this. See to it. See to it. Can you, everyone say that with me today? See to it. That no one, no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it. Don't let anything 
get in your way to see to it, put focus on it, that no one misses the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss the grace of God. I need the grace of God. It's by it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's, it, it's grace that saves us. It's also the grace that sustains us. His grace is sufficient for us. We need the, the grace of God in our lives. And the thought of missing it, the thought of, of, of being outside of it, the thought of going around it and not experiencing it. Wow, what happens when that, happen, when that happens is because somehow there's this bitter root that's grown up and it causes problems. And it's defiled many. There's, the forgiveness is this, if, the, if it's this channel, there, or grace is this, is this flow in our lives, unforgiveness causes this short. And the, and the groundfall interrupter of his flow in our life, it stops. And, and so we need to look at that and go, and what happened along the lines? Say, so you look at for unforgiveness, it kind of takes the next step into bitterness. Bitterness is kind of it in in a, in a period of time it's almost like if you go with me on this the corrosion of the wiring in our system and it begins to plague us and and the, you know you think about what a bitter root is well a bitter root is something really deep that brings bitter fruit in our lives it says it it'll cause trouble and, and it goes even farther it's not just localized it causes really in in one of the translations can poison a whole community you ever left a, a bad apple in a bag or a, a potato that just kind of rotted what happens it, it messes the whole bag up it affects everything that all that you know jesus says a little yeast works through the whole dough a little bit affects so much over time if we don't do anything with it and we neglect it and so defiles many what does that mean well what does bitterness really do it, it, it can it wraps itself in a lot of different things it, it, it affects so much. It, it leads to gossip. It leads to slander. It leads to mistrust in people. It binds people from hearing the truth. And sometimes getting another person's perspective, we can be so embittered, we don't even want to hear what other people are saying. It sowed seeds of disconnect and it divides. It, it weakens individuals and who they are. It weakens families. It weakens marriage. And really, even the, the family of believers. What happens along the lines is that that it corrodes so much that things begin to short out. And your life becomes zapped, in a sense. It becomes less, I, I don't know about you, but bitterness, what it does is it emotionally drains us. That's what bitterness and resentment does. It, and it, it hurts us badly. We, we think in our resentment and our thoughts of it, we don't consciously do this, but we think of the people that we resent we think of the people that, that have hurt us, and, and we, we put a lot of energies in, in that, don't we? How much time do we spend stewing, spewing, stressing, fretting, and we, and we lose sleep over it? And yet, the people that we have it towards, they're sleeping sound. And we're the ones. They're huffing and puffing and dealing with it inside of us. Much of this is not just about the people, but it's about us. It's unhealthy and it's so unhelpful. Job, it says this, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be foolish, senseless thing to do. The, the senselessness of it, the, but we do it, don't we? We spend 
up late at night or wake up in the morning, wake up in the middle of the night or throughout our day, and it consumes us so much. We sang the song this morning, Lord, Holy Spirit, consume me. For some of us, let's be honest, we were consumed with our problems and our worry and maybe some things towards someone else in that moment that we didn't say, Lord, Holy Spirit, consume me because I'm, I'm, I got some, too much of me in, in me. It's ha- and so it affects, bitterness affects a lot. It hurts people. You've heard this, hurt people hurt people because this is where it goes even further because there's our own offense. There's our own things that happen to us but even worse for us is what it happens to our loved ones. What it happens to our own kids, our own spouses, our own friends and what we do is their hurt becomes our cause. And so we, we really mount up on that because if you got a good cause, ooh boy, you go after that. There's, an, there's a work of injustice and rightly so it was unjust. But when we internalize an injustice, it becomes ours and we seethe with it and we, it comes internal with us and it, it messes everything up. The electrical system of our soul is so out of whack and we are so far from experiencing anything of God's grace that we're flipping the switch and we're like, why is it not working? That corrosion of bitterness, it, it it ruins everything in our wake. And so whether it's our families and our groups and everything that we're involved with, with people, and pretty soon we find ourselves in a dark, lonely room going, what do I do? Well, what do we do? Well, Hebrews tells us what to do. It's here. It's to see to it. We get to choose forgiveness. Beginning verse week, we talked about Second Peter, it says that God has given us everything. His divine power has given us everything for life and godliness. That there's power, there's resources from God to help us to be empowered to see to it. What that means is this, that you are soul responsible for your soul. No one else is in charge of getting help and getting, getting healing. And the, and the effects, what happens to you, yes, happens to you. You're the one. With God's help, he wants to bring change. He wants the lights to come back on in your heart and life. He wants to bring this change, this this sweet life, not this bitter existence that bitterness can bring. So what do we do with that? Well, here's here's some thoughts, some simple things to be thinking about moving from this bitter existence to reconnecting with God's grace. First is this, is, is to reveal it. To reveal the root. Where is it? What, 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 is it, what is it connected to? You know, I, we, we, we weren't that smart back then, you know, knowing anything about electrical. I know a little bit more about electrical, enough that I need to make sure I call somebody to fix it, okay? I'm not trying it myself. You, it's a little dangerous sometimes. But we didn't, I didn't know what a GFI was. I didn't know any of that. And, and so my, my friend Phil, who was a retired electrician, I had him come over. I said, Phil, nothing's working. Nothing. He's checking panel and everything. And pretty soon, where is this? What happened with the hairdryer? He goes back in the bathroom. He goes, here, come here. See this button right here? Push that. All lights came back on. Everything worked. Yeah, that's the button. Now, you wish there was just one button, right? They could fix it all, right, in our lives. But here it is. The Lord is saying, here's what you need to do. Find the source. Get root down in. Find the root issue that is there to see, to expose that root system. 
So here's some questions I want you to think about this morning, is how do you, some tough questions really that get down the deep circuit panel of our soul is this. Here's some things. I want you to ask yourself this, or even think about this week. Is there something that's deeply embedded in my heart that's a bone of contention? That when you think about the thing, we think about what that is, it, it sets you off a little bit. What, that, what is that? How'd the Lord show you that? When, when have you, when you think or see or think of a person, what hostility rises within you? You run into them in the grocery store. You, 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 they're the, the same shift you work. You, whatever, you cross paths. What is it? What is the grudge that's there, that unforgiveness you have toward them? Name it. What is that? What is that offense? How about when you visit a place or have an experience, a memory that triggers you, that brings back bad feelings? What is that? What is it? Is it deeply affecting you? David gives us a great prayer to pray. He's, he said this, praise this, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. See if there is a Lord, examine my heart. Show me, expose the root system in my soul, that the wiring, where am I off? Why, what, what, where, what is that? What hurt is that, that pinpointed? And then secondly to this, this is boldly to, to do this, but say, Lord, I want to remove it. I want to, re, I want to remove it. Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, if you're with me on this, we've all had the good fight to eliminate blackberries, haven't we? Come on. <laughs> we love the sweetness of them but may they grow somewhere else that I can pick them, not on a yard, okay? What you find is you could prune, prune, prune all you want, but there is, they, those buggers come up, man, shoots all over the place. And the only way, you get to go, the only way to deal with them, or well, a lot, one of the ways, it's not the easiest way, is get a pickaxe and dig those. And if you've tried to dig out those roots, they're very, very long. And I think of that in our own soul. There's some deep, deep work that needs to happen that, yes, in some ways can be a lifetime work of the amount of pain maybe we've gone through, but that's the necessary work. What do we do with that? Well, we need to remove it. We need to ask the Lord to help us. Paul gives us this expression at the end of Ephesians 4. He says this, well, do this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Malice means intent to harm. That, that feeling of wanting to get revenge. Get rid of all. Other translations say this, let it be removed, have nothing to do with it. Get, you know, let it be banished in our, in our life. And so this deep root of bitterness, it harbors deeper and deeper and deeper. We need to figure out what to do because we, if we don't, we will continue to live a miserable life bitter life and nobody wants to live that way and I tell you it's hard to be around people that are that way how, what do we do how do we change what is it let me ask why is it so difficult to forgive why is it so hard it is one of the hardest things to do in our life I've kind of pinpointed in my life maybe this will speak to you that it really can be summed up in one word is fear there's a deep fear. If there's the root that's of bitterness, I think even deeper is this fear. Fear is probably the most intense, rooted, you know, root core emotion that we have because how much of what we do in life 
it comes out of fear and what we react to. So tracing back some faulty things that happen. Here's a faulty thinking is this to the fear is that we fear if we, we forgive, we will lose our sense of control. Isn't that true? When we say things or we, we, we feel this way, we say, we, we say I, I hold a grudge against that person. That person holds a grudge. I, I, they, they owe me. They owe me apology. What it is is a debt and debtor relationship. They offended me and they need to pay. They, they need to pay me back. They, what are we doing? When we hold something, when we hold a grudge, what are we doing? We have, we're in possession of it. And we hang on to it, we hang on to it, we hang on to it. And what's happening is the more we hang on it, just the tentacles of that root, just that root system continues to grow and grow and grow. And what happens is we're the ones that are being punished more than anyone else out there. So we have a difficult time of letting it go. And yet the very thing that we're holding on to is actually squeezing us and squeezing the life out of us. The other thing is that we do is we fear that if we forgive, that we're excusing the hurt that has been caused. And this is true, especially when you know someone has hurt you and they haven't really, as far as you know, experienced any consequences. They haven't been disciplined. They haven't been penalized. They haven't been arrested and they should have been arrested for what they did to us. But, they, but your thought of showing forgiveness is that that might justify their behavior. That's faulty wiring. That's faulty thinking that's there. But we, we somehow believe that and we forget that, well, God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You're not, your job is not to get back at them. That's my job. I will bring justice one day. But that's tough for us because if we let it go, then maybe they're getting away from it. And yet we know that forgiveness is not just about them. It's for us to experience. We're the ones that are actually getting punished more than anyone. The other thing about fear is this, is we fear if we forgive, we will experience more pain in the process. Tell there's a risk in forgiving. There's to take steps to, toward making amends with somebody, to confront your abuser or confront the situation or what's happening. I tell you, when you get in that situation, you need collective wisdom. You cannot go in there by yourself, both in prayer as well as support that's there. That's why we're in small group communities saying, hey, I'm working through this. I need a friend to pray for me. I need, I need some godly advice. I need some wisdom. People that are walking with Jesus even stronger than you to come around you say, I'm not sure what to do. Because sometimes wisdom is to go and confront that person. Sometimes wisdom is not to do that. And if a person has been abusive in your past, they're still not safe. You might seem physically safe from them but emotionally safe you're not that's not a good thing but many times there is some steps we take the bible says in matthew 18 if you have a problem with a person go to that person and talk with them about it and if they don't want to listen send a friend with you the two of you go do that to take steps to do that get some help to do that but here here's the hardest part and this is where some of you might just be a little upset with me when i say this possible that the unforgiveness that you have right now is pride in your life now just go with me on this don't walk out yet okay because here's the thing it's a form of pride because remember you're holding them hostage you're holding yourself hostage but you're holding that offense and you don't want to let it go somehow you think you know what is best to do and so you don't want to let go of the control but that's a form of pride isn't it and here's the difficulty with pride is that the Bible says God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. 
So the very offense that you have toward them is holding you back to experience the grace of God. Don't miss the grace of God because there's a bitter root in your life. There has to be some, some intentionality to say, Lord, help me for it to be removed in my life. And, we, and ultimately it is this. Ultimately it, it ends up where we're upset and have bitterness toward it. Ultimately it can be God, can it? Let's not forget that the fact is that this happened in our childhood. God, you allowed it. You, got, you allowed that abuse. You allowed the, the, the neglect. You allowed this to happen to my loved ones. It, Lord, you, 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 know, my, my, you allow my parents to abandon me. You, you, you know, you, the early deaths and everything that happened, and pain, a loss of child, and all the list goes. But ultimately, we go back to God. And I want to encourage you with this, if this is helpful today, because there's no pat answers to any of the why of any of that. Except when we go to God, God just wants us to be honest with him. He just wants us to be able to, to go to him and even mad at him. And even going to him and saying, God, I am upset with you. I have, I have unforgiveness toward you. And God in his sovereignty, God in his love, God in his care, God in his lack of, uh, you know, he has no, he's not a problem with self-esteem. He's saying, good, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, because I want to work in your life. Get it out, get it out, spew it out, get it out of your system, get it out of there. You're going to feel better when you do it. Bring it to me, because guess what? When you do that, that's a removing of it all, and then I can fill you. What you were consumed with, he's saying, Holy Spirit now can consume me. I can experience that in my life, experience my, your, 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 my grace for you and your life through my spirit. Root it out. When we do that, it gives us some space. It gives us some space. And this is an opportunity to be proactive to reset it. That our lives actually, if you can believe it, there can be renewal, reset in our lives. Like that little button, I know that seems so simple, but there comes some, there's new moments and there's some new freedom that we can experience as the Spirit of God through His grace begins to flow. Because look at verse 32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another. What? Forgiving each other. The, the word kind here means show sweet, generous disposition. I don't know about you, as the older I get, I want to be sweeter, not more bitter, okay? Lord, help me to age like fine wine, not vinegar, okay? Right? You know what I'm saying? We want to, we want to be that person. Why are people that way when they're older? Is because they've, they've learned to let go. They've learned the, the, the beautiful practice of, of letting go and surrendering and practicing unforgiveness that somehow they, they get to that place of maturity in their life. The word compassion is really hard here. Um, it, oh, it's an interesting word. It actually means having healthy functioning intestines. That it's, it, you're like, kid, you're, are you serious? It's intestinal fortitude. It's really where that word comes from. What that's saying is, God, I, I'm going to have the courage. I'm going I'm to be able to go through what I'm going through, and yet in the middle, of, I'm going to have compassion for other people. It's going to, whatever they're, you know, I'm going to care in such a way and be other-centered for others, not just myself. And, and to have the ability to be kind and compassionate, you've got to have space for that. If, you, if you're harboring unforgiveness and pain and hurt, there's no room to be proactive in, in caring for one another. It doesn't there, which leads to forgiveness. A bitter free life forgives quickly. Or how about this quicker? Listen, you're gonna get, it's gonna happen. Someone's gonna say something. Someone's gonna cut you off in traffic this week. Someone's gonna do you wrong this week, okay? What do you do with it? Do you spin in it for a couple seconds and go, 
that's not me. I'm not going to let it go. I'm putting the big smile on, but I'm going to, I'm going to move through that. Or do you let that bug you the entire week, and then you just add it to the collection of bitterness it's stewing in the big pot of it all? What are you going to do? I want to live a bitter, I want to live in this place. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How about this? As God has forgave you. There it is. There it is. As much as, we, as much as you are called to do this, what, guess what? It's because of what Jesus did for you. When we live in that level of gratefulness, it's pretty amazing. John Wesley, someone came up to him and asked, or basically said, I can never forgive that person. I never could do that. And this is what he said to him. He says, I hope you never sin because we all need what we don't want to give. I heard it this way. Don't burn the bridge that you will need to walk across. Jesus tells that story of the parable of the guy didn't forgive the guy's debt and then the other guy found out who he owed, right? Listen, what power and the, and the, the ability to forgive and the strength to forgive and the motivation to forgive is that we have been greatly forgiven because our sin was offensive to Jesus. That is why he went to the cross. I'm gonna invite our team to come as we prepare for communion here. In your chairs is uh, the communion elements. If you could go ahead and open them up and prepare yourself right now for that. We're going to, there's a peel back the, the cracker and peel back the, the cup juice and just hold them in your hands here in a moment. We're going to do that together. We're going to approach the, the Lord's table, I hope, with a deep gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. I know the topic of forgiveness, it, it just, there's so much that goes with this, and it's not easy. Well, it wasn't easy for what Jesus did to accomplish for us. I want you to begin to search and look your heart, and I want you to think about this, because I can tell you that we, my wife and I, we lived in another funky place when we were first married. And it was, a, it was a penthouse apartment. And, and when, you, when I say penthouse, that ne meant nothing. It was an old house. It was a little apartment on top of an old house. And they called it penthouse. But uh, I remember driving one day, and, and there was fire trucks going up the, the road where I, was, I lived. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's a fire in the neighborhood. And then I get a little closer. and like, oh, my gosh, you know, like where I live, like that, the f there's a fire. Oh, my gosh. I look up, and there's flames shooting out of our little penthouse apartment, this little 400-square-foot apartment that we lived in. And like there was a fire, and, and, and I flash back, I remember when my, my landlord, Jack, he, who lived downstairs, he carried electrical tape around. And, and, he, he, and, and he would fix wiring and different things. It was just, you know, kind of jimmy-rigged a lot of things. And, and then one time our lights got really dim and they got bright again, dim. And I'll tell you, if that ever happens, there's a short somewhere you're going to have a fire, okay? Just want you to know. And that's exactly what happened, that there was electrical, there was faulty electrical in the walls. Let me just ask for you this morning. Is there some faulty electrical in your, in your wiring today? Right now, there's, there's something off. There's something not right. You're causing some sparks. There, there's something that's there that's not right. Will you just ask the Lord to show you and reveal to you? Reveal the root. Lord, God, will you remove that root? Lord, will you help reset my soul today? And I tell you, all that work, all that was, comp that was done, Jesus did on the cross for us to experience.
You know, you think about when Jesus was arrested. He was arrested by his enemies. The crowd betrayed him. They, 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 they turned on him. But even his own friends, the ones he could count on, betrayed him. Everybody left him. If there was anyone that should have been offended, that didn't deserve what he deserved, that all that happened to him was not fair, was Jesus. And what does Jesus say when he's alone and we're between two thieves, alone on the cross, everybody abandoned him? What does he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Can I tell you, the people out there that should know better, they don't know better. They've hurt you. But you didn't know better either. And your sin and my sin was so offensive that Jesus could have just written us off. But God had a bigger plan. Rather than being offended, he took our offense to the cross. What, what did Jesus do? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Next week we're talking about choosing joy. Jesus did it. He chose joy because of those love for us. Forgiveness flows from the cross to the circuit panel of our souls to fill us with deep gratefulness in which that grace can flow again in our life. If you want the grace of God to flow, see to it right now. See to it. Jesus knew this, that what needed to be accomplished, he knew that what needed to take place was his body to be sacrificed for our sins, to give us new life. He said, this is my body that I'm sacrificing for you for your sin. Eat in remembrance of me. He held up the cup, the, the cup that was considered the cup of wrath, that all that Jesus was experiencing on the cross was our sin, our rebellion. We put him there. We were the ones, all mankind. But he wasn't offended. He took our offense. His blood to cleanse all our sin and renew us to reset our soul and being pure and holy in his eyes. Let's drink in remembrance of him. Father, thank you so much for all that you're doing and all that you're continuing to do in and through us. There's so much to this today that we probably even glossed over. And I, I just pray for everyone's soul right now. I pray as we taste and see and experience the Lord is good in this communion moment, that we would have a deep level of gratefulness, what you did for us, Jesus. And it's through the cross it's through that empowerment of the cross that we're able to turn back into the relationships and have a new perspective. To be able to look back into the hurt and the pain and the difficulty. And we could say some for some, Father, they didn't know what they're doing. They were broken. They were, they, they were, they, they, there's ignorance that was there, but also it's a sinful, horrible world that we live in. It was wrong what they did. It's their choice in the fact what they did but we live in that place of brokenness. And Lord, will you some way, somehow, through the cross and what you accomplished, give us the empowerment 
and the grace to be able to forgive. Because, well, Lord, we don't want to miss your grace. We don't want the flow to stop. We don't want the ground fall interrupter of, your, of, of life to stop us to experience that grace. And so, Lord, we ask you, you would, you would, you would remove it, Lord, and you would cleanse it. And, Lord, that, God, you would, you would truly reset our soul, Lord. Show us, reveal it. God, get, God, remove it. And, Lord, may you reset today our lives today, Lord. It's not just a flip of the switch, Lord. There's a work you're doing. Will you help us, Lord, to do that? And out of it, Lord, may we be able to truly live grace-filled, freer lives in you. And Lord, when we get offended this week and something's going to happen and something's going to flare up, like, nope, 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 we're living, we're living your grace. We're living your flow of what you're doing. We not let any more bitter root to settle in. God, continue your root work in and through our life to find that freedom, that flow of your grace that pours out in so many that, that need it in and through our life as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. I invite you to stand and our team will collect your, your cups. You can just pass those to the aisle. And I just encourage you, just gotta, I'm going over a little bit. Just take this moment. Don't, don't rush away. Don't get consumed with what's next. Allow the Spirit of God to consume you. Continue that deep work. If you need any prayer, we're here to partner with you. That Hey, just not one little service, one little moment doesn't take care of it all the time. And so we want to go further with you and how we can encourage you in prayer. Please see Jill afterwards with walking pregnancy and, and, and arms of love and all that as well as to do that. Have, have a great day. Let's, let's sing the Lord together here as we close.